Shalom Aleichem. Welcome to the Aliyah Day. And Aliyah Day keeps the Yatahara away. Shouts out to everyone in the chat window. I've been watching y'all going back and forth. So shalom to each and every one of you. I just want to thank you all for just switching your time schedule and uh, allowing me to uh, be with you for the Aliyah this week. And I want to thank my dad, Rabbi Griffin Shlita, for the opportunity to fill in. So I was keeping the chair warm for you and told our boss for the opportunity. Hope everything was all good and uh, Baruch Hashem. So without further ado, I want to just let everyone know that we'll be back to normal schedule. And yes, Captain Yisrael will be back right here. Bezrat Hashem. So uh, the Aliyah a day space now will squeeze down because you'll get like a quick Aliyah for the sixth and seventh reading. So. Rukashan, we got a lot to talk about today, but I want to go ahead and get into the fifth reading. And I want to recap a couple of things with the Ketorit that we did not get to finish yesterday. So um, to Shira over here in the chat window, you asked about why it says Mate Mate, staff, staff in verse 21. Did not get a chance to dig too much into that. But it has something to do with the fact that Aharon's staff in the midst of all the other staffs was the closest to the Shekinah. So whenever you see a word in Hebrew in your passage mentioned twice, that is a key that something is going on there. But uh, at this point, as much as I've gotten to dig so far, it has to do with proximity to the Shekinah, which is kind of fitting since we've been talking about the Ketorit which gives a body to the Shekinah. So, we'll begin on page 829. Oh, and the last thing I forgot to say, I will, Bezrat Hashem, follow up more on that, because, you know, I like to make sure we get a good thorough uh, digging into things. But anyway, Baruch Hashem, we are on page 829 in the Art Scroll Humash. Hope everybody's doing well. Fifth reading begins in verse 16. We're in chapter 17, still. Chapter 17 is a heavy hidden chapter. So is chapter 16. All right, let's begin. It says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Adonai spoke to Moshe saying, Speak to the children of Israel and take from them one staff for each father's house from all their leaders according to their father's house, 12 staffs. Each man's name shall you inscribe on his staff. And the name of Aharon shall you inscribe on the staff of Levi. For there shall be one staff for the head of their father's house. You shall lay them in the tent of meeting before the testimony where I meet with you. It shall be that the man whom I shall choose his staff will blossom. Thus, I shall cause to subside from upon me the complaints to or the complaints of the children of Israel, which they complain against you. Let's read that verse again, because Hashem is totally saying the children of Israel are complaining against me, but really they're complaining against Aharon, which is really the tribe of Levi, which Moshe is a part of that too. So, verse 20, it shall be that the man whom I choose, 
his staff will blossom. Thus, I shall cause to subside from upon me the complaints of the children of Israel, which they complain against you. Complaining against Moshe and Aharon is complaining against Hashem. I've been kicking this thought back and forth in my mind for the past 24 hours because I'm like, for two days in a row now on the Aliyot, we've seen that not only does Moshe represent Hashem, but so does Aharon. Aharon is known as the man of peace. And so you have these two prototypes of the Mashiach. You have the Ben Yosef, the son of Yosef, the suffering servant, and then you have Ben David, the ruling king. Now, if you kind of look at the way Moshe and Aaron are set up, you kind of see the Ben Yosef, Ben David picture here, because in all aspects, uh, Moshe represents the Ben Yosef. He's the one who sacrificed on behalf of all of those who perished in the wilderness, so that when he's resurrected, they will be resurrected to be brought into the promised land. Yes, that's exactly why Hashem said, Moshe, you have to die in the wilderness. Because if you go into the land, the people who fall in the wilderness will not get to enter into the Alam Haba. That's how big of a deal it is. Ben Yosef, I think much. Now, Aharon on the other side, being already the king, well, obviously next week's Torah portion, he dies. But... When it comes to his stature among the people, he is in the kahuna, like he's the Kohen Haggadol. He's the one who literally represents the manifestation of the angel of Hashem upon the earth that draws us near to Hashem and that establishes Hashem's kingdom on the earth, which is what Mashiach ben Davi will be doing. So if Moshe and Aharon being complained against is complaining against Hashem. How much more so is complaining against Mashiach Yeshua complaining against Hashem than we see right here in this picture? So just a wonderful setup, I believe, from the Torah that it's just like you need to know that Hashem and the Mashiach, like obviously we know that they're one, but I mean, wow, like that's deep that's like blue screen trying to figure that out maybe that's why Shaul Hashliach wrote to the congregation yeah the Kehila over in Philippi and said considering equality with Hashem nothing to be grasped Mashiach descended and took on the likeness of a man even became a servant unto death because, yeah, trying to figure out how Hashem and Mashiach are equal, I mean, that, don't do that. That's just, that's like trying to figure out what happened before creation. You know, like we're told even in the Midrash Rabbah, don't do it. <laughs> so anyway, verse 21, Moshe spoke to the children of Israel and all their leaders gave him a staff for each leader, a staff for each leader. Look at that. That's. That's crazy right there. There there it is. Boom. That's what Shira was talking about. Okay, so according to their father's house, 12 staffs, and Aharon's staff was among their staffs. Moshe laid the staffs before Hashem in the tent of a point in the tent of testimony. Oh, now it's called a testimony. Now it's not the tent of meeting, it's the tent of testimony. 
Now it says, the reason I bring that up is because we have one location called by many names. The Torah is called by many names. Jerusalem is called by many names. Hashem is called by many names. And so is Mashiach. And so is Israel. So there you go with that. Uh, it goes on to say in verse 23, on the next day, Moshe came to the tent of testimony and behold, the staff of Aharon of the house of Levi had blossomed. It brought forth a blossom, sprouted a bud and almonds ripened. Moshe brought out all the staffs from before Adonai to all the children of Israel. They saw and they took each man his staff. End of the fifth reading. Can you believe it? The fifth reading already? Goodness. All right, let's go back to Ketorit. So, yesterday I was telling us about Ketorit and that it, it atones for our sins, just like the sacrifices do, which we already went way up the ladder and really Hashem is the one who atones for us and the sacrifices are a picture of of the verbal confession and the teshuva that we actually make in the process with the sacrifices. So the Ketorah being, if not more, uh, on that level, that's just kind of like one of those like, okay, what's really going on with these 11 ingredients here in this Ketorah? Which is so interesting because if you actually count the number of, I'm going to call them bubbles, but we know they're sefirot, if you count the number of sephirot, they're actually not 10, they're actually 11. The reason they're called 10 is because da'at, which is knowledge, keter, which is crown, you know, the Kabbalah Tree of Life thing that Madonna has taken and decided to turn into a dance move. That is not, we don't appreciate that. Got to work on that, young lady. But anyway, um, yeah, da'at and keter are interchangeable because they're literally on the same uh, column and... They represent kind of this unity that's going on. The Torah is uh, Da'at, and Mashiach is from the upper part of Keter. So there's a lot to that, but that's a little layman's breakdown of the Sephirot. But the Sephirot and the Ketorit are literally connected because there are 11 ingredients in the Ketorit. And you can read about this in Parshaki Tisa. Also, you can read about it in your Siddur. So, going on, I decided I'm going to take the Gematria route with Ketorit. So, what I decided to do was just go plain Gematria. Don't get crazy. Don't do Atbash. Don't do Ordinal. Don't do Mispar Katan. Like, don't get into that. Just keep it simple. Okay? Stay right here, you know. Boom. This your square. Don't get over here and start spinning around doing all that, right? Anyway, for those of you who've seen the Hitch movie, that's what I was referencing. All right, so Ketorit, though, back to Torah. <laughs> it says that Ketorit is 715 in Gematria. I did go crazy on this one. 7 plus 1 plus 5 is 13. What is the Gematria of 13? Echad, 1, like Shema Yisrael. Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. So when we're talking Ketorit, we're talking Sephirot, we are talking Hashemah. Okay, so 
talked about fighting with our eyes this month. One of the things you can do is fix your eyes on the Ketorit. We need to embody that, which is funny because it gets really crazy, so I don't recommend that. But you do need to know that the Sephirot do correspond to parts of our body. So I'm not going to break all that down. And if you Google it, I know it gets really crazy. So I will caution you on that. Because Rabbi Google, when you ask him about Sephirot, he's like, oh, let me teach you about uh, Catholicism and Hinduism and, and uh, all sorts of other stuff that don't have nothing to do with the Torah. So Rabbi Google's crazy. So y'all just watch out for him, okay? But anyway, with that being said, the reason I bring that up is because we embody these aspects of the Sephirot. And if you think about when we counted the Omer, we were actually working on the emotional makeup of our being. We were refining all of our character qualities and things like that. So this is another chance to go into the Omer count as we go into the three weeks and as we're going throughout the month of Tammuz. And then in the month of Av, which is the month of hearing, you know, we're getting our ears, you know, to remember the mitzvot, remember the voice of Hashem, like today hear his voice. So prep this month and engage and then next month is like remembering what you prepped and engaged and do that again everything just stacks on top of each other if you haven't noticed in uh in judaism so baruch Hashem. back to 715 though the main gematria i wanted to go with was kaporet yah in other words the atonement of the yod hey that's the gematria equivalent of Ketorit. That's crazy. Because yod Hey is the first two letters of the four-letter divine name. yod Hey just so happens to be the acronym of Yeshua HaMashiach. Like the name of our blessed Redeemer, Mashiach, Zidkenu, our righteousness. That's right. So when Mashiach shows up, and makes atonement for us by the power of Hashem invested in him. Yeah, that's Ketorit. So why is the Ketorit on the same level as sacrifices that bring atonement for sin? Well, it's because it's Hashem making atonement. And the Ketorit evokes the Shekinah. The Ketorit makes a body and a vessel for the Shekinah. So there's all that to really take into place. You wonder why the golden altar was so close to the parochet, which the parochet represents the body of the Mashiach. We've talked about that for years on this Aliyah. So, Baruch Hashem on that. Now, you got the fact that this smoke and this aroma that rises up before Hashem comes through the body of the Mashiach to get into the, the Aron, the mercy seat of Hashem, where Hashem appears. So if you kind of mash that all together, whatever the opposite of Zimzum is, I guess this is like a big, uh, I don't know, just putting it all together. You got the aroma, the, the smoke, the body, and the, the Shekinah, Hashem, the Torah, it all comes together. And the Ketorit is that path. So what I wanted to read, though, was from Vayikra 16.30, because it says Hashem will make atonement to purify us. And this is speaking of Yom Kippur. Everything about Kippur always has to do with Yom Kippur and atonement. So 
it, and I'm speaking from the fact that if you look in the dictionary of the Targum, it brings down that kaporet literally means to cover. You know, like we got to hide in Mashiach. You know, we got to hide in, in the kaporet, the katorit. We got to hide in Mashiach. Just like the, the Kohen Gadol hides in Mashiach to go into the Holy of Holies. So that's one of the re one of the meanings. It also says it's the cover of the ark. That's called kaporet. And then you have the fact that the innermost chamber of the temple, that place is called kaporet. And then uh, kippur has to do with redemption and atonement. And again, I'm reading to you from the dictionary of the Targum, like. This is what we're talking about when it gets into the Ketorit. So back to Vayikra 16.30. It says, this verse mentioned the concept of purity after atonement. Did you know you can be atoned and still not be clean? I find that very, very like, like, whoa. Like, okay, so I'm atoned, Baruch Hashem. It's like, yeah, go change your clothes. Oh, you know, like the, the parable of the wedding banquet. People show up. They got invited because the other people who were originally supposed to be there didn't show up. Yeah, Lapid, you talk about proselytizing prime property. Like, we need to engage that. But anyway, so these people show up and it's like the king comes out. Why are these people in filthy clothes? What are the garments? What does the Torah teach us that the garments are? It's our midot. It is the mitzvot. So you can literally be atoned, not have any mitzvot, not have any character refinement. And you get invited to the banquet and you can actually step foot in there. But here is the rest of the story. They didn't stay in there. They got kicked out and it was a problem. So if you really think about the fact of I got my atonement. Mmm, I'm redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Mmm. It's like, go change your clothes. Go change your clothes. Read Revelation. There's a... Uh, man, I don't have time to source it out. Uh, it's around 21, 22. Goodness, time is just not of the essence for me. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it says that the people have to have their garments washed in order to get into the city. So the people who are outside the city are like idolaters and they're in all kind of sin and debauchery and stuff like that. So you really want to be in the mitzvot after your atonement. Okay, this is why Torah came later. We got out of Egypt first. We went through the Yom Suf. And we walked through the wilderness. And then we got to the mountain and Hashem was like, oh, wash your clothes. Three days. Take three days. That seems like a pretty big deal. Three days. Wash your clothes, get your act together, because here comes the Torah. Many people don't really key into that when they're teaching the grace message. So here's the deal. Calling out to the grace message Sunday morning worshiping people, hey, change your clothes. There's nothing wrong with you wanting to have an assembly and wanting to call yourself a Christian. Kind of. The only problem is you have no covenant you have the actual word that you should be looking at, and you have the actual Mashiach that does save you. But now you got to go with the rest of the story. 
go back to the beginning and start from there. We all got to walk through this. Every single day as a Yehudi, we start over. We don't ever finish the day and be like, all right, let's pick up where I left off. Because guess what? That doesn't happen. Every single day, you have to start over again. You ever wonder why you have to go to sleep? Your soul leaves your body, and then Hashem, by His mercy, brings it back into you, and you say what? ani lefanecha. I gratefully thank you, Hashem. You restored my soul to me. And sleep is called 160th of death. So we die every single night. So we don't get to be like, oh, well, like I was yesterday. So I'm going to start from there and then I'm going to keep stepping my game up. It's like, uh, no. And if you look at Shabbat, every week we get kicked out of the garden for Havdalah. It's like, here, take these candles, take these spices, drink your wine. And you're like, <laughs> I don't want to go, you know, and that's all happening. And you got to start over. You got to clean your house Get rid of all the trash, and then you got to start preparing for the next Shabbat. Everything is about a do-over and what Hashem has given us. So I went way longer on that. But just know this source I was reading was Haktav Ve HaKabalah. But it was talking about we get cleaned after atonement. I'm going to have to hit the rockets now. So here we go. Boosting going forward. It says Hashem will remove your filth. Furthermore, Hashem will do more from the filth itself. One will be overturned to become shining a radiant light and clearness for deliberate sin itself will become a merit. That's Teshuva. Teshuva turns your sins into merits. Oh, yeah. Where am I over here? Okay. Also, this is the first John 1 9 passage. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's how that verse plays in. So, next up, we have the fact that the Ketorit uh, bring atonement. So, Bahaturim. Okay. I'm going to go five minutes over. Just got to. I just feel like it in my soul just got to happen. Okay. So, um,. Verse 9, or chapter 9, verse 7 in uh, Leviticus, it says, provide atonement. It says that this word is, appears four times, ve kaper. It says twice in this verse, uh, one uh, in regard to the incense, which Moshe ordered Aharon to bring. That was from yesterday's Aliyah. That's Bamibar 1711. And then in Telim 79.9. Provide atonement for our sins. Please tell me I put that verse in here. Did I not? Okay. Uh, basically, it was saying atone for our sins. Hang on. We got this. From the Art Scroll Tehillim, it says, Assist us, O God of our salvation, which is the word Yeshua. And it says, For the sake of your name's glory, since you are our Savior. Okay, so we're calling Hashem Yeshua and saying that He's our Savior. He's our helper, He's our Yeshua, and He's our Savior. Okay, so just pointing that out. Then it says, since you are our Savior, if you don't come to our aid. Say if. If you, Hashem, don't come to our aid. It says, it will compromise your glory 
for your for people will ascribe it heaven forbid which is class shalom to lack of ability yeah so if hashem doesn't come to our aid then it's like hashem you're not mighty to save so you have to be not only our savior our yeshua but you also have to be our helper like you need to be like with us like the the man in white that accompanied the Kohen Hagadol into the Holy of Holies on what? Yom Kippur. If that man wasn't there, the Kohen knew he was going to die. This is a Kare Mot Insights. So all the sources are there. I, I wish I had time to source it. And this last thing from the Sephorno on Telim 79.9, Psalms 79.9, Sephorno says that we request salvation again what is salvation yeshua we request yeshua so that we can involve ourselves in torah study and mitzvot which bring honor to his name important to note that if you read about what is eternal life and our art scroll sidur it says that the eternal life is literally the oral Torah which Hashem implants within us because we constantly expand our Torah knowledge through our personal study and analysis. That's from the Torah Arach Chaim 139. So when we gain salvation, we're literally accepting not only the atonement Hashem makes for us, but we're also receiving the oral Torah to help us study the written Torah. So, like, this is, like, why Bami Bar, every single year I get into it, and it's like, oh, my word. Like, this book is off the hook. But if you don't have the oral Torah, this book will put you to sleep. Because you're like, which is kind of sad, actually. We got to repent for that. And I need to repent for what I just said. So, Hagadosh Brother Kuh, sleek eye. Because your written Torah is you. And I just said you put me to sleep. Yikes. Okay. Wow. Tis the season to make shuva. La 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 la. Everybody make teshuva. La 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 la. Okay, maybe not in that tone, but yes, teshuva just happened. Baruch Hashem. Okay, confess and believe. We got it. Thank you, Hashem, for your kindness. Okay, so that was that part. Now, the other part here is the Zevakim eighty-eight. Uh, Zevakim 88b, it says, Lashon Hara is atoned for by the offering of Ketorit. Lashon Hara destroyed the second temple. So, one of the things about what was destroyed, like what caused that destruction, well, if you do the reverse of that, that means it's going to cause it to be rebuilt. This is why we, we talk about having Lashon Tovah, Lashon Kodesh, holy speech, uh, good, good speech, holy speech. And uh, if you remember what the big man, the Hulk, the incredible Talmud, Shlita, brought down about the word Terufa, which is Torah with the letter Pei inserted into it, which is actually the word for medicine. So the cure and the healing for the whole universe is putting our mouth in the Torah, putting Torah in our mouth back and forth, because that's how Hebrew works. It's like, oh, you do that? Well, I got you. You know, Hashem's like, I'm going to shade at your right hand. Mita, connect, meta. So you're going to speak about me. I'm going to speak about you. Let's do this. And it's just like, 
like healing and salvation and, and redemption is just going to go everywhere. So we got to lead out in that. Okay. So anyway, going back here to Zevakim 88b in the Talmud for Rav Hananiah taught a Bereta which states, from where do we know that the burning of Ketorit atones? For it is stated, he Aharon placed the Ketorit and provided atonement for the people. So what we read in yesterday's Aliyah, that is the source that Ketorit atones for sin. Even atones for what destroyed the second temple. Okay, so I jump from there over here to Yoma 9b because it says... Um, the first temple was destroyed because of the sin of idolatry, immorality, and bloodshed. The second temple was destroyed because of basis hatred, which all has to do with Lashan Hara. It says literally on this page of Talmud, Yaman 9b, it says, This teaches you that baseless hatred is tantamount to the three cardinal sins of idolatry, immorality, and bloodshed. So if you are using your mouth to speak horrible things, to start mock locusts, to act like Korok, okay, that is equal to idolatry, immorality, and bloodshed. So the second temple and the first temple were basically destroyed for the same thing. Because they're all inside of each other. So when we're operating as Ketorit, when we're hiding ourselves and hiding the world in the Kaporit Yah, which is the same thing as Ketorit, we are rebuilding the temple. That's how we build the temple. It's not, let's go get permits and go to Jerusalem real quick. It's no, let's get our mouth right. Let's get our heart right. And let's proselytize and let's build the world up in Lashon Tovah. Let's build the world up in baseless love. You know, we need to have, we just love people for no reason. And people can pick up on when you love them or hate them, or if you feel some kind of way with them, or as we say in today's generation, if you feel some type of way, or if you all in your feelings, people pick up on it. We have that sonar thing, like the uh, dolphins and whales. Like we just like, I don't know about that person. I don't. I, I think they don't like me. I think they think I'm a sinner and going to hell. It's like, uh, well, if you listen to the Aliyah Day Parsha Korach 57:80, then you can't tell who is or who isn't going where. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, so that's that. Yes, the staff meeting. All the staffs brought to the tent of meeting. That's what I'm calling today's lesson. All right, five minutes. Here we go. Let's see what we can get. So, uh, Ben Burton, who I lovingly refer to as Benny B. Shlita, he has a uh, website called Ladder of Jacob. Normally, we don't uh, push like websites and stuff like that, so I don't want to consider this pushing it. I'm just letting you know where, I'm got, where I got this information from. Because when you're studying things and you come across articles and things online, okay, it's like grain of salt kind of stuff because you really need to be in your books and you really need to be under your Rebbe. Because if you don't have a rabbi, you're missing the filter. So it's like pouring coffee grounds into a cup and running water in it without, you know, flowing it through the filter. It's like, how many people would drink that? I wouldn't. 
but you need to have your rabbi, you need to have your community. So filtering all of what Benny B brought down in next week's Parsha Hukat about the revelation of, what do you call it? He called it the, uh, yeah, revelation of the Holy Snake. And in there, he was talking about a whole bunch of stuff. But one of them he talks about in the footnotes, because I like footnotes. He says, Aharon's staff also resurrected. And I'm like, say what? What's your source on that? So he didn't have a source on it. He just said, uh, Aharon's staff, the rod of Aharon resurrected. So I'm thinking, okay, resurrection, the almonds blossomed. Okay, Brukashim. So I did a little digging of my own and got my own sources. So thank you, Benny B. I'll take it from here. Tag. <laughs> okay, so Bami Bar 17, 8. It says, the next day Moshe entered. This is from today's reading. It says, he entered the testimony and behold, Aharon's staff from the house of Levi had sprouted uh, blossom and produced almonds. So I was like, okay, so we're looking at resurrection. It, it blossoms. It produced almonds. Okay, what's going on? So 1 Corinthians, yep, 1 Corinthians 15, 21 through 22 says, For since death came through a man, also the resurrection of the dead has come through a man. For just as in connection with Adam all die, so in connection with the Mashiach all will be made alive. 1 Corinthians 15, 21 through 22. So I was like, okay, that's why Yeshua said in Yochanan, John chapter 11, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, shall live. I cross-reference that back to Parsha Vaera. The, the Parsha and Shemot Va'era, where uh, we go to before Pharaoh, because Aharon's staff also has death in it. So death and life are in this one spot, just like people saw that the Ketorah can kill, but it can also heal. Just like we know Hashem says, I said before you, life and death. So the Torah, the staff, Mashiach, all the same thing. The staff of Aharon is connected with Aharon himself, who is what? Connected with Hashem. So if we're talking about the staff of Aharon, we're really talking about Hashem. We're really talking about Mashiach because they're all connected. They're all related. So it's a, literally a staff meeting. But in that uh, chapter of Exodus, chapter 7, we see that Aharon's staff swallows up the serpents of the sorcerers and the magicians who came before Pharaoh. So it swallows up death and what? Victory! Man! Did not Shaul Hashliach, Paul the Apostle, say, Death, O oh death, where is thy sting? Talking about the Isaiah passage where the Messiah will swallow up death and victory? So now we got the staff that represents Mashiach, that represents the Torah, that represents Hashem, swallows up death and victory. It kills sin, but it heals repentance. Aharon's heart, the whole tribe of Levi, attaching themselves to Hashem is what brought life to the staff and caused almonds to blossom. There's resurrection through repentance. End of our Aliyah today. I've had so much fun with y'all. I can't even say, like, I can't, I don't have any words. 
I, I appreciate each and every one of you who tune in and support Lapide and who are a part of Lapide Legion because, man, we are we're here to bring the redemption if we want to. We don't know. Again, we don't know when Mashiach is coming, but that's not that's not the focus. The focus is making the world ready for Mashiach's coming. And we have the opportunity to do that. So another minute for me to close. Because it's just so hard to say goodbye to the Aliyah. Anyway, so, uh, but yeah, I just want to encourage each of you. Go back over what we learned this week. We do not need to fight each other. We source things out. We discuss. We go back and forth. Look in the Talmud. The, the rabbis argue with each other all the time. But they don't ever take it to the level of Korach. Okay, so yeah, hear each other out. Put your sources together. Okay, you remember the Power Rangers? They made the Megazord. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to make the Megazord together. Okay, we got Blue Rangers, Yellow Rangers, and they're all different colors and all that. We come together and we lay the smackdown on sin, on death, on exile, and we make proselytes. So do that. Lift each other up, and we none of us need to see ourselves as the best, the top dog. Everybody bow to me. The rabbi's wrong. The Zakins lost their mind. You know, uh, you know, slandering leadership and slandering other people in your community. We don't have time for that. The world outside is doing that all day. And what has that led to? Face masks and uh, temperature checks. So we ain't got time for that on the P. We already on fire anyway, so we're going to break the temperature gun. So we just need to work together and renew the world, okay? So uh, support one another and just keep keep coming to the Aliyah. Every single day, again, is a do-over. Don't live off of yesterday's glories, everyone. And don't be like Korok, okay? And, and uh, I think that's all I have. I guess the best way I can put it is with a wrap. Going in like an incision. Lapid Legion, we on a mission. If you win, then I win, because it ain't about the competition. The vision it is persistent. Obedience with precision. Formerly on perdition. Now Shuva is the renewed to make us glisten. Two thousand years this has been missing because of social conditioning. But we gon' go, 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 go the distance. Holler if you hear me. Best right Shem, we bring in Geula, cause we be about that business. So Bo Yeshua Bo, come on, let's get this redemption. Shalom alaikum, everyone. Best right Shem, Rabbi Griffin will be back for the sixth and seventh reading. Shalom. <laughs>